0: I mean, I'll just get right into it. I really like beer. One of my favourite things about travelling anywhere outside of Nova Scotia is getting to try other types of beer that I've never had before. It's the best. I mean, you usually meet some great people and have some great conversations at whatever brewery you go to, but even if you don't, well, I mean, at least you got to try some new beer. Something I don't get quite as excited about is accounting. I mean, it's okay, What it is, is a great toolkit to have and understand. You can do some pretty cool things with that toolkit, but in of itself, the toolkit is a bit boring. So if you're not the type of person who gets a kick out of expertly wielding these figurative tools, then you have to find some really cool applications to use those tools on. I'm learning how to do that a little bit better myself, at least partially due to people like Mark Isink. You might not know Mark by name, But if you're from Halifax or from Nova Scotia, I bet you know the beer he has helped create since 2016, Two Crows Brewing, of which Mark is part owner. Two Crows has consistently been one of my favorite breweries since the craft beer boom started around 10 years ago in Nova Scotia. They're always making something interesting, and they produce one of my personal favorite IPAs, the Pollyanna. So what does any of this have to do with accounting? Well, Mark's an accountant. He knows how to use those tools quite well, but he didn't know what he wanted to use them on until he, his wife Kelly, and brewer Jeremy Taylor started up a brewery. So if you've ever wondered what accountants do when they're not doing your taxes, or wondered how you can break free from a traditional workplace, then keep listening because this is Mike Syme with how to start a brewery. It's been hard to get you, Mark, just because, you know, you're a busy guy, (laughs) and uh, it's a common theme amongst people who are running, uh, you know, their own business, but... You're, you've got a busy schedule, so I'm yep. happy to have you
1: here. Well, I'm super happy to be here. I, you know, things come up out of nowhere, and unfortunately, I've had to push this uh, for way too long. But I'm I'm happy to. Yeah,
0: well, be here it's and, uh, uh, my pleasure to have you. And uh, yeah, so this is uh, Mark Heising of uh, of Two Crows Brewery, mm-hmm. and so you're your co-owner. Is that the legal? Are you? Uh, is it like a partnership?
1: Uh, it's so it's a corporation. We are incorporated. Uh, there are seven owners, all friends and family.
0: And would you say operations are equally split but it's between you and your wife?
1: My wife and I and our brewer are the three kind of of the seven that are actively involved in the everyday operations. Before we get into the details of those operations because I
0: am interested in those up until I googled it I had only speculated as to why it was called Two Crows. My theory was that Two crows uh, was like a joke referring to you and your wife. Like you guys were a couple of crows. I don't know what it meant to you, and I don't know why crows. Uh.
1: Uh, uh, Well, I'm not aware of that, but uh, if if someone was, uh, you know... Associating us with crows, then I, 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 I but it's
0: like know. the true story. Right. I had never heard of. So, if you don't mind sharing that, yeah.
1: So, so basically, uh, so my wife is is very superstitious. My wife and her family, I should say. Since I met her, she's been uh, kind of talking about. Um, well, there's this nursery rhyme that goes, "One crow sorrow, two crows joy, three crows wedding, four crows boy." And there's a few different versions of it, but it goes on from there. But basically, one crow is bad luck, and two or more crows are good luck. So every time Kelly would see a, a crow, uh, and then, you know, the way she applied it, she you know if she saw, like, a little speck on the horizon that's probably a seagull, she'd be like, oh, no, we're good. That's a crow, so we're, we're okay. Uh, so I, I kind of thought about that for a while, and I like the idea that... So in a potentially kind of shitty situation what's gonna make this better? Like, what? where's yeah. that second crow? Even if it's not really a crow, like, let's focus on the positive. And so, and so, and then, you know, crows are pretty, you can do a lot of stuff with marketing and yeah. a lot of, you know, a lot of fun things there. And I like crows. I think they're pretty, uh, they're, yeah. they're very intelligent. Well, they're very they're very interesting creatures. So
0: And so that lends itself to, again, people who have not, are not familiar with this nursery rhyme. It allows for a lot of speculation. Right. So I, asked, yeah. I asked some of my friends what they thought two crows was what it meant. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> if you ever want to add your story.
1: <laughs> I'm going to come up with a different story every time someone also. asks.
0: So one of them was that uh, the business is actually run by two literal crows. Oh, yeah. And current society is just not ready
1: for a crow-run business. <laughs> yeah. So you so guys... They're, they're using us as puppets. Basically. To, to, yeah. Uh,
0: another one, which I actually kind of liked, it was like, "Was like, oh, that could be believable. In like historic beer making, yep. there was this old tale of just how a couple of crows would always get into the storehouse and like feed on the grain. Oh, yeah. And like the brewers would always have to chase off. It'd just always be these two crows.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I like the first one
0: myself. <laughs> the. Uh, so you can... Put on the record that your business is not actually
1: run by two actual crows. Two actual crows—is that not not no? Not at this time. You can confirm that. I I can (laughs) I I can't confirm or deny it. But well, we can leave it at that. Sounds like a touchy subject. (laughs) Exactly. Don't want your job. I don't want to get in trouble here.
0: It makes me wonder about like the the image of breweries in general, and I'm still shocked. Like I would have thought. Again, when you guys started. I have to, you know, take back my words, but I remember hearing about two crows opening. I'm like, ah, oh, there's no way we're saturated. Yeah. There's no way another brewery is going to make it. Oh yeah. And I mean, since you guys have started, there's been like two dozen more. Yeah. So you must be shocked to see all these different breweries pop up and like, uh, like how can you cut yourself apart?
1: Well, it, it's, uh, it's funny. You know, when we were first opening up, that's what people were saying as well. Like, like, what are you doing you're nuts like uh there are a million breweries already uh how are you gonna carve out your own space in this market and blah 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 and and the only people that were saying otherwise were the people in the industry and and to me like the more the merrier you know i i i think you know i think we're we're probably getting a little closer towards saturation but I think there's still room.
0: So there, there's there got to be some figures on like what saturation actually is mathematic. Because, I mean, there's been, I think Nova Scotia is, you know, as as far as we've come with uh, microbreweries. There, we're still late to the game, I'd say, yeah. compared to other provinces and states. Yep. And so, is it fit like, is there other examples of places that have gotten saturated and you've seen a pullback?
1: Saturated, I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I don't really, I'm not uh, well versed in, in, in kind of what's happened in other markets. Um, you know, the first one that comes to mind is, is uh, BC and Vancouver, where, I mean, they have a ton of breweries. I mean, they're not, they don't have any, as many breweries per capita as we have but they have a lot of breweries. There are a lot of choices when you're in, when you're in BC. What, what I think it drives is just better quality beer across yeah. the board. As far as, as having more breweries entering the market here in Nova Scotia, I think that's only gonna push up the quality of the beer.
0: I mean, it's, it seems like kind of like basic economics. It's like, well, if you, know, you have a market with 50 breweries and it can only support 45, theoretically the worst five would not make it
1: well exactly i mean uh,
0: i guess it gets a little more complex because i mean it doesn't necessarily mean like the the worst quality beer right five
1: and and you know how do you how do you define the worst five you know what i mean so that's that's where it gets like okay well if one brewery is solely focused on creating the best quality beer whereas for another brewery it's First marketing and then the quality of their beer. I mean, those are two different approaches, but who's to say which one's going to succeed and, and which one isn't? You know, sometimes it's it's it seems like the marketing uh, goes a, lo- a longer way than, than the quality of the beer. I hate to say it. But, oh, honestly,
0: uh, then there's people like me who have, you know, a, sh- a little bit of loyalty, but to be honest, I have a short attention span. So if I'm in the store and I see a new can... Yeah. I mean, it almost doesn't matter what style it is, I'm going to pick it.
1: Exactly. I and mean, I think that's that's great because, um, you know, we, we, we get all the numbers from the NSLC uh, as far as sales go. And right now we have four listings at the NSLC. One's like a partial listing, but anyways. So we have three kind of full-time listings. And so the numbers they were showing us were like, okay, well, if someone grabs a four-pack of your Fanta City, how likely are they to pick up one of your beers? And then...
0: And so if I'm understanding correctly, it's like, so when they just have data on like the whole purchase, so they... Yeah, okay. yeah,
1: exactly. They take the, your basket uh, and they say, okay, well, you bought yeah. this can. So, you know, 30% of people who bought this can also bought this can. Or like
0: white wine. Yeah. and, and, that and kind of stuff.
1: And I think what they found was that it was just incredibly diverse. People are looking for new flavors, yeah. you know, new new styles. Generally speaking, people are picking up a can of this and a can of that and, and, and not necessarily sticking to one brand, which is great for us as local brewers because the more stuff we put on the shelf, the more, uh, you know, the more we attract kind of, okay, well, I know that if I pick up something from Two Crows, chances are it's going to be good unless it's a style that I don't like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if it's going to be like a Pilsner, it's going to be a well-crafted Pilsner, and that's what we're, we're trying to shoot for.
0: But like speaking well from a business perspective, like how do you work with these greater industry trends?
1: That's a good question. You know, we try to kind of keep our ear to, to the ground as far as what's going on in the beer universe, and and as far as what we think is going to be popular. You know, we we don't always make beers that you know that that are necessarily going to be super popular. You know, for example, we made a, a beer to guard. That, you know, a lot of people don't know what that oh. is. It, it was an international collaboration, kind of. And, yeah. and so we, we did that because, you know, I, first of all, I think I, li- I like guard. I think it's a it's a very interesting style. As far as whether we thought it was going to be popular or not, we kind of, yeah. you know, we thought we'd throw the dice and see.
0: So is that is that uh, like a fair generalization to make of the way you think of your beer. Yeah. You know? I think
1: we, we make beer that we want to drink, I guess. Uh, and then if it happens to be popular, then great.
0: So you mentioned you're the business side. Yeah. And, uh, so you did, you come from an accounting background.
1: Yeah. So I, I'm a CPA, CA. So I, I worked with an accounting firm for five years. and then...
0: Were you at an accounting firm while you were doing your CA?
1: Yeah, that's that's how the program works. Yeah. You have to you have to be employed by a by a firm that's accredited
0: and But was uh what you did at SMEU was that an accounting major as well?
1: Yeah. Uh, so the first time I got my bachelor of arts, which yeah, I, I uh, didn't do much with that. Yeah. And then I went back and started taking general commerce courses. Uh and what I found was that accounting made sense to me. I liked the kind of you know, the thought process behind it. So I, I stuck with accounting and then I decided that if I was going to kind of take it to the next level, and and I'd had a conversation with my father-in-law. He was basically like, you know, if you're going to go somewhere and and do something with yourself and you really enjoy accounting, like why not push it it as far as you can? Because in all honesty, at the time, I didn't have all the confidence in the world, in myself, as far as, you know, career and stuff like that. So he's like, you know, CA is the way to go. It's kind of, you know. Yeah, it's solid tracks. Yeah. So I went through the program. I flunked one of the uh, modules, were recall, at the time. So I had to wait a year to take it again. But in the grand scheme of things, like, I was still working my hours during that time. So it didn't really matter. Uh, So I passed it the second time. You know, got my letters and uh, became a... CA. So how long were you
0: like just a CA, an accountant, working as an accountant, as a CA before you started? uh,
1: Uh, I got my letters in 2011 uh, and then I left kind of the accounting, well I'm still an accountant I guess. But like the hardcore accounting. Yeah, in 2015. Okay. Okay. 2015, So it so was four years.
0: And were those four years, were you still at one of the big firms?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: And then uh, you left. How come you didn't stay at... Uh...
1: I, You know, before I started the whole thing, I realized that this was a means to an end. It was, I wanted to run my own business. I had no idea what that was yet. But whatever I wanted, whatever business I wanted to open up, I wanted to be able to to look at a set of financial statements and say, okay, my business is healthy, things are moving in the right direction, or I wanted to be able to say, okay, well, there's a problem here because, you know, our ratios are out of whack or whatever. And and so that was the idea behind getting my, my CA. You know, I started seeing a bunch of breweries pop up. North had just opened up. Uh, I mean, Big Spruce had been, op- Big Spruce and Tata had been, Tata Magush had been open for a couple of years. And, so I started kind of putting some thought. And I remember my wife, we drove by North on uh, their original location. My wife and I drove by that and she's like, you know what? I think that's what we should be doing. Because like, at the time I was talking to another friend of mine about opening another business and... and you know, I was just kind of trying to figure out exactly what I was going to do, but the end goal was to, to, to open up something for myself.
0: Um, so was your wife in a similar position that she was,
1: she was in real estate. Uh, so she had a lot of flexibility with, with uh, her, 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 her time, and, but she was also kind of trying to help me figure out what, what that kind of business was going to be and what the options are, like what's, you know, what's up and coming, what's new to, and what would be new to Halifax if we were to open it up and stuff like that. So and I, I, Kelly was was pretty, uh, you know, she, she kind of put things in perspective, uh, you know, when she was like, you know, I think that's what we should be doing. And I was like, oh, no, we can't do that. It's, you know, super expensive. And One of the things I was curious about, because you're
0: the second person I've interviewed who has a business with their spouse. Oh, yeah. Uh, obviously, she's been instrumental in it, yep. you know, like supporting the idea from the start and running the business with you. But what is... It like, not as a business person, but as like a human being to work with your spouse.
1: Uh, it has its challenges. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, when we, when we disagree on something, it's, uh, it's hard to kind of keep that separate from, we have to kind of remind ourselves like, okay, this is like a business we don't have to be cranky with each other. Like, you know, at the uh, dinner table. Exactly. Exactly. And, and not that that happens a lot. Like, you know, it's, I think in any business, there's going to be disagreements and and, uh, I think we're pretty good about working through
0: those. And so if you had to describe it, what would, how would you define Kelly's role at the brewery?
1: Kelly does all the sales for, for Nova Scotia and she's good at it. You know, she, uh, she knows how to talk to people, and she knows how to talk about beer. And, and um, I'm in a I'm in the fortunate position where I don't have to like. like there's not a ton of over, overlap. In, as far as our roles. Yeah. No, no, no. I do I do kind of all the financial stuff and licensing, and you know, uh, so she does sales. Like she's she she has that kind of background where she's she's not you know, stuff like that doesn't phase her. I'm to- I'm horrible at that.
0: So, but I know just from talking to you, you can clearly stand behind your product and you're proud of what you're doing. So why do you say that you're horrible at sales? Why is that a tough jump to make?
1: I'm able to talk about, you know, what drives me uh, in relation to the business, you know, why we're making the decisions we are, what I see in the industry and stuff like that. But as far as you know, getting in front of someone and trying to convince them that my beer is what they should have on tap. That's where I, I just, right. I'm, I'm, that I don't have that, you know, it's that charisma. <laughs>
0: well, I'm, I'm, this is something I've struggled with for a while because like my, both my parents are salespeople. Like yeah. It's, it's uh, they sound like you're sim- they're similar to your wife in a yeah. sense. And what I've always struggled with is in what they describe, it's like, well, I mean, if you believe in the product, exactly. you're not really selling. You're, you're not just, a salesperson. No, you're you're communicating all the wonderful things about right. X product. Yeah, exactly. But still,
1: right, I find it. Unnatural. I find it. I, I find it very difficult. And it's
0: like you don't believe you're stretching the truth. You, you're being honest in yeah. like your what you're saying about your product, but it still somehow feels like you're unnatural. I don't know.
1: Yeah, um, I, I guess. From my perspective, I'm just not really uh like it feels a little uncomfortable to I me. Mean, I can tell you why I like the beer and maybe that's what I should focus on when I'm talking to people, but you know, Kelly sees the positive in everything and she's able to 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 present the beer in a way that's that's that she sees it uh and not, you know, to me that's awkward. To her it's it's you know, she's good at it. So so it, it's just a personality thing, you know. I'm I'm an accountant. To me, uh, you know, a product like this, yeah, it's it's probably a little bit more expensive than a lot of the beer in in Nova Scotia, and and you know that's relative. But I I believe in it 100%. You know, I think Jeremy makes a fantastic beer. So for me to talk about it is a lot easier than 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 it would be if I didn't 100% believe that our beer was was as good as it as it is. You know, so. You know, but I don't have the person, the outgoing personality to, to go and pursue someone and say, listen, this beer is the right one for you.
0: So, I mean, like, I, again, uh, to put it another, another way, Kelly's never uh, in her lunch breaks fiddled around with spreadsheets. Right. So, I mean, to me, that I, it seems yeah. natural. Like the other person I spoke to as well, uh, like there's different skill sets.
1: Exactly. And there's a million things that factor into those skill sets too. Like, you know, there's personality, there's, there's, I think there's nothing worse than being in a job that you're not good at, passionate about, I guess, wired to be able to progress in, you know?
0: You mentioned uh, before that it all kind of started from driving by North Brewing a few years ago. So from that drive by to okay, well, I'm going to put some money down into this, whether it's in a location or some infrastructure or equipment. How much was that Like, kind of thinking about it phase?
1: Uh, there was a lot of thinking. <laughs> uh, I mean, another thing that happened was that my cousin approached me about, he had put together a little business plan for putting a brewery in. Like, So his kind of the other side of his family owns this castle in, in Austria, I Have to uh, remind everyone that uh, this is a European I'm talking to. So yeah. it's not such a weird <laughs> thing to say that. Yeah, well, I, it, it it is. It's still weird for me to say. Not I, from I, a North I, American's <laughs> perspective. They're like everybody's got castles. Yeah, no, out no, out. no, I. Yeah. Yeah, geez, I, I wish I had a castle. Yeah, before. but um, you know, he was like, okay, well, you know, I, I, eventually, if if we're gonna keep this castle in the family, like it has to kind of at least pay for itself or something. So he was like, okay, well. You know what are the he, he was going to Columbia University down in New York at the time and and uh, he put together a, a business plan uh, and it was it was pretty small it was like you know a couple couple of sheets on a in an Excel spreadsheet um, of you know like how it would make sense and
0: yeah something you would have been familiar with looking at I yeah
1: think. like yeah exactly I was and he sent it to me. You know, because I was used to looking at financials, and and he just kind of wanted to hear my opinion. He had a, a calculation, which was I think the kind of the real substance in this business plan was that he had a he had this uh, calculation where he could basically say like, for a five percent beer, it's going to cost me X oh, yeah. number of dollars, and then yeah. you could you could adjust the ABV on on right in the spreadsheet, and it, would, <laughs> it would automatically recalculate everything, which I thought was pretty cool but I had no idea like you know whether or not that was accurate so I, I I couldn't give him much other than like yeah if these numbers are accurate like then you've got something good here you've got something solid but then I started playing around with this spreadsheet and I was like you know I started growing it and growing it and taking more and more time to kind of figure out the different parts that went into you know, it. He's and, waiting
0: and, for you to get back to him. Oh no I had already
1: <laughs> talked to him but, you know I kind of giving him my thoughts on it. But but I kept the spreadsheet and I just kind of started playing around with it. And and all of a sudden, like, I realized I had turned it into like, it was like 15 pages with like, everything was linked together. And like, I I had a lot of fun doing it. Then all of a sudden I was like, okay, well maybe this could be something that uh, might be worth pursuing as opposed to just playing around on a, you know, during my lunch break or whatever.
0: Which I mean, that's where the, I mean, yeah, I know you're not in like the the uh, nitty gritty accounting world anymore. But to say playing around in your lunch break on a spreadsheet, yeah, to a lot yeah. of people says, oh, of course yeah, he's accounting. Yeah, like, yeah. like, who else would enjoy that?
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I still enjoy that stuff. I I think, and that's what originally I think kind of made me kind of head in the accounting direction is that I, I like things to, I like building things that make sense and that that where if I change one of the variables to see how, you know, see how, how it affects the outcomes and stuff like that. So, so, you know, eventually I started showing some people this, the, you know, the, the business plan and, uh, you know, eventually I got the, the right people to back me up and, and say, okay, well, let's, let's do this, you know, like that's, uh, but this plan in motion.
0: So, I got to ask, there's not like a hard fast rule, you know, like so you and Kelly could have brewed it yourselves. Like the beer? Yeah, is oh, that no, no. But or, I mean like is that <laughs> is, is it fair to say I guess what I'm getting at is like of all the breweries that have started, yeah. do the owners always hire a brewer or do or No, some,
1: no, a lot of times uh home brewers uh people who do a lot of home brewing will kind of Take it to the next step and and buy some bigger gear and 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 get a brewing a production license and then and then start selling for so rather for than like s-
0: starting with the business and right
1: turning it into a brewery yeah you, know, you yeah. kind of I, I would say my path was probably less common than than a lot of brewers in in Nova Scotia but um, and I, I think you know at, at least at the beginning I think people kind of looked at us like oh you guys are in it for the wrong reasons and blah, blah, blah. We I think we were judged a little bit. And, and uh, I, I'd like to think that we kind of have proven that we're in it for the right reasons, which, you know, we're, we're in it to make the best beer that we possibly can at yeah. the end of the day. And, and how we got there, to me, is irrelevant. But to other people, it's not. You know, people kind of, people love to judge. And,
0: I, I think you have the trump card of being like, no, look, uh... I've got Belgian lineage. Yeah, so yeah. I yeah, I mean,
1: and that's one of the things, you know, I realized that there were starting to be more and more styles of beers available here in, in at the NSLC. you know, it was a lot of like, there was a pale ale, an IPA, a blonde, a red, and you know, they were, the variety just wasn't really growing. There was more available within these categories, but... Yeah. But then I'd go to to visit my cousins in Belgium, and they'd be pouring me these like you know lambics and and these beers that were out of the ordinary for me. And I was like, okay, well, there's more to there's more to beer than what I've experienced, you know, yeah. because I, I was a Keith drinker when I moved to Nova Scotia, and I eventually I started realizing that I needed something a bit more. Uh, so eventually, I started drinking. Uh, propeller ipa i was drinking i was getting their growlers on i think it was on wednesdays for <laughs> <a> dollar off. <laughs> yeah uh, i thought that was a great deal and it was Still you know was a, a lot deal. more flavor yeah. and a lot more uh, it's just I, different right yeah exactly yeah. And, and so that kind of kick-started my my uh my hunt for for different styles of beer and and just to kind of see what's out there and and
0: so this is all before you started the brewery
1: though yeah yeah, yeah. this was this was a couple of years before you know t- yeah a brewery was even a thing on and you know a dot on the horizon for I mean,
0: me it's, it's funny i mean obviously in hindsight it's easy to draw these lines but you know you you enjoyed accounting but not being an accountant you right you had a yeah. beer interest you were looking to run your own business the brewery market in nova scotia was starting to take off all these like you had these yeah. positive experiences and, and yeah. like visiting family in europe and you're like yeah, yeah, brewery.
1: Yeah, it all adds up. Yeah, no, I, it, it's uh, it's. I mean, really, the, the the way I would describe uh, my kind of uh, move from accounting into brewing was, you know, basically the the planets aligned and things just fell into place, and and I mean, I was incredibly lucky. I I, I think that uh, you know, I if I were to do it again. Uh, I don't know if, if things would go as well as they did.
0: So some listeners may not know, but the role you had previously as an auditor, at times that's a pretty stressful job and, and very yep. time consuming. But can you compare the stress from that role to what you have now as a business owner? Because I imagine one of them, it's it's like a self-imposed stress. Right. Whereas if you were an auditor, you know you're told where to go, yeah, and nobody is really excited to see you.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's like you said in a weird way. It's a, it's stress that you're happy to take on because uh, you know it comes with the the position of being a business owner, and 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 so like the consequences of things going wrong right now to me are are significantly more than they were when I was an auditor. I'm able to cope with the stress a lot better just because it's. It's my own. Yeah, I mean, uh, you just kind of have to take it one day at a time, I guess. And 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 uh, uh, so it, it's, I've been kind of working on it. And I think that's what I've gotten a lot better at is not stressing if there's no need to be stressed. And, and I still, I, like, I tend to stress more than I should probably.
0: How is your social life, how is your family life kind of impacted by running your own business, running your own brewery?
1: You know, as an auditor, like I said, like, you go from being the most hated guy in the room to the guy who shows up with beer. And it's, you know, it's a different dynamic for sure. But as far as like work-life balance, I guess is, is, is what you're kind of getting at. I, that's, and that's a conversation Kelly and I had the other day. It was like, you know, it's it's tough to, to turn off. You know, you're always kind of, and, I, and I, I hate that I do it, but I find myself in conversations about beer at like social events way too much and nine <laughs> times out of ten it's because someone else asked me a question and yeah. then I realized like oh shit I've been talking for like fucking 10 minutes like yeah. might be time to ask them about them you know <laughs> so it. so uh but it uh, to me it's a sign that I'm passionate about it and and uh you know I, I I really enjoy talking about it you know other people like talking about it as well you know it's beer is a topic of conversation that that it's a good kind of icebreaker, you know? And, and yeah.
0: Well, so that's, I wanna talk about that because like there's only a handful of people I've spoken to who have stuff they do that is so in the public. How, how did you um,
1: kind of grow with those types of attitudes? Um, you know, so like y- you can't take everything personally. Like you, you can be confident about your product, uh, how you're marketing your product, you know, what, you're, what you stand for as a business. You kind of sift through it, and you, you you grow a bit of a a shell, you know. You yeah. Know. Well, you, you have, have to. to. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's so, a-
0: but like on the on the flip side, though, I mean, I don't know how it uh, the pie chart works, but I have seen so many positive accolades for Two Crows, like from multiple outlets. What what is what does that do for you when you get these international or North oh, American? awards? I mean, it's, uh,
1: first we celebrate, of course. You know, we, we uh, it's it's uh, it's always nice to be recognized. You know, um, especially by you know, for example, uh, Beer Advocate named us uh, top fifty new breweries for 2017 in all of North America. It's nice to get recognition like that. So you get
0: your award. How are you notified for that?
1: Uh, we, so we were interviewed for it. There was a little write-up in the, in the magazine about us. And, and so uh, the thing is, awards are awards. On one level or another, it's people's opinions, right? So, I mean, it's it's great if people love you. It's, to me, if people don't like you, uh, it depends on why they don't like you.
0: How do you feel if, if one of the beers you've made uh, turns out to be less popular than you expected? Is that a big deal how do you kind of move forward from that
1: we're going to keep experimenting and if some of the beers aren't as popular as some of the others like that's not to say we won't make them again you know uh i think some beer some of the beer we've made have gone kind of flown below the radar so to say is uh, in you know again this is just my opinion i think we've made some beers that uh Maybe didn't get the recognition that they deserve, so we'll probably do those again. And, and.
0: so you mentioned you don't do much in the way of uh, in the way of marketing,
1: besides social media, right?
0: So uh, for stuff like that, where you say you had a beer that maybe flew under the radar, yep. Is that potentially a result of of not doing yeah. marketing? Yeah, probably. Because I, mean, I mean, to me, like I know you guys do so many beers. I see the main lineup in the liquor stores. Yep. And, uh, I see the main lineup on taps. Yep. But other than that, I, if I don't stop by the brewery then, yeah,
1: yeah. that's yeah. I mean, the goal is to get people into the brewery, right? <laughs> well, and you know what? It's funny. Cause it's like
0: literally every time I'm walking by, yeah. like, well, I got to take the opportunity to see to if there's see anything what's, new.
1: What's there. And yeah. Yeah. And the thing is like, you know, we probably are, uh, missing out on some opportunities. If, if we marketed a bit more, um, you know, uh, we probably sell a bit more of, of one beer or another, right. but on the other hand, you know, I, I, uh, first of all, those are dollars that I think I'd rather spend on, on other things, you know? And, and uh, I, I agree with you. Uh, you, again, especially looking at the accounting
0: kind of angle, you have this many dollars to work with on yeah. a monthly basis. Where will that add the most value? And, Value I think is maybe subjective, but
1: well, that's the thing. You know, is it? It depends on on like. See, I'm I'm trying to build a business for the long term. To me, that's just first of all making a good quality product. Like, uh, you can't substitute that. You know, you can't you can't cut corners as far as your product. Um, that's you know, we could probably make cheaper beer that was still good, um, but. I don't yeah. feel like that's what we're about. So on
0: um, your main lineup, of which the one I'm probably most familiar with is Pollyanna, the uh, wild Northeast IPA, yeah. you've made a bunch of batches of that. Yeah. How, when you're talking about good quality products, how hard is it to get like a consistent
1: Pollyanna? When I was first getting into the brewing industry, like the big thing I heard was you have to be consistent. Your product has to be the same every time you know, people have to rely on, uh, and with Pollyanna, like we've changed the recipe like a fair bit since we we launched it. Yeah. Not like,
0: uh, not serendipitously, but you've consciously changed it. Consciously. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: We've, we've made adjustments, uh, to make it better, uh, and better in our eyes. Some some people might not agree, but,
0: um, so I've got to say like that actually makes me want to (laughs) drink it more regularly.
1: Well, that's the thing. Like, to me, yeah, I mean, uh, people, people, I don't think people necessarily want to drink the same beer over and over and over. I, no, I, I don't anyways. And, and yeah, like I, I always, I like the idea of, of beer. Um, and this is kind of uh, not necessarily off topic, but on a bit of a tangent, like I like the idea of bringing people together for conversation. So, so having a, a spot. Like our tap room where people can get together over a beer and just chat, so I I really like that aspect of the beer industry where people get together, it just just to kind of kickstart a, a human interaction that I think is very important, you
0: know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I'm certainly no expert, but I would go as far as to speculate that that's a, a significant contributor to human evolution over the uh, over the thousands of years you know as soon as we started having interaction yeah yeah, you know getting like because i know um animals would seek out the rotten fruit that fell from trees yeah because it would ferment and then these animals like and there's videos on youtube of like drunk elephants and chimpanzees but you know what you know they they sleep it off and the next day they're still going back they're still eating these fruit, so I mean I don't know what conversations they're having, but I do think
1: it changes the dynamics yeah. and it puts perspective into things and and well and yeah, perspective is probably a strong word. When I are talking about a drunk, drunk monkey, but <laughs> you know it it just kind of. Uh, eases conversation and of course it's going to get abused you know people are going to drink way too much and puke and and you know and and that's i, f- I find that's too much of the focus on on uh, how liquor laws are shaped in nova scotia uh, they always look at like oh well kid that's 18 gets his hand on a couple beers his life's going to be ruined you know and i find that uh, so destructive towards the industry that so,
0: I wonder, so especially with your uh, European background, like the way alcohol is viewed and consumed from like a small age to adulthood yeah. is just so different. And compared to in here in Canada or the States, like how much do you think that contributes to their far more relaxed laws and stuff? Oh, I think it's huge.
1: I mean, there's always going to be people that abuse it. You know, I've abused it. At the end of the day, um, you know, when I was 16 years old and I was sitting at the dinner table with my parents and it was like, you know, some kind of occasion, they'd be like, oh, do you want a glass of wine? I'm like, and most of the time I'd be like, no, I don't really like the taste of wine. So no thanks. But the odd time I'd say yes. And okay, well, and, 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 but then you're sitting with your parents and they're, they're trusting you to to be an adult about about having a, a glass of wine. And, and, and you compare that to like, have it explicitly forbidden yeah. until age 19 or 21.
0: Yeah. And you're like, oh, have that her? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. From
1: one day to the next, like yeah. you can go nuts. Yeah. And of course you're gonna go nuts. When I was 12 years old, I moved to Brazil and I left there when I was 17. And when I was in high school, like I'd go to clubs, I'd go to bars, the number of times where I would I would get home, blind drunk was I could probably count on one hand. You know, like it was, you'd go out for a couple beers. Yeah, probably one or two too many, but I was always safe. Like my parents knew I was I was drinking. It was it was just not so taboo, and it was not something that I had to hide from them. So how how did those like greater attitudes? affect your business you got to let people make their own decisions at some point and you can't everyone who has a beer doesn't need to be treated like a 13 year old kid yeah. at the end of the day
0: or a criminal
1: yeah exactly yeah. you know or someone like no we're gonna we're gonna restrict that so that you're not allowed to do that all because six years ago we had this one asshole that like ruined <laughs> it for everyone else you know what i mean like well. There's a lot more room there for progress.
0: So th- like this type of stuff, which really doesn't have to do anything with your operations. Like you got it. You, I mean, ultimately it does, but you know, it doesn't change the ingredients you buy. No. But inevitably it filters into your, your mindset when running your business. Absolutely. Like, so like, how do you, like, what do you do to, uh, can you improve the situation like how does that work
1: um i don't know if it's it's i think to to make changes uh we'd have it to have enough people together to kind of create momentum and and i right now we don't have that i don't think i don't know if this is on people's radar enough so i think people are starting to realize like oh there there are better alternatives there are you know other ways of 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 regulating the consumption of alcoholic beverages without treating people like they're A, criminals, or B, you know, 14-year-old kids that need to be told what to do. For me personally, uh, what where I see it is licensing. If I want to set up a temporary patio on the commons, I, I don't know if I could, first of all. Second of all, I'm sure if I, if we could, the licensing would be outrageous. You know, I'd have to hire security and this and that. And so, it, uh, it just makes it not worth it for me, you know, and, that and that's so too amazing. bad because it, it would be amazing. It, you know, there's nothing wrong with people enjoying a beer on the commons. So all of this
0: stuff, like all of this stuff like that, we've just been talking about, like how much of that factored into your decision process when you passed North Brewing years
1: ago? And you're like, yeah, oh, I, didn't, I wasn't aware of all of that. I, yeah. I knew that things were tight as far as regulations uh, in, in Halifax or in Nova Scotia. Uh, but I didn't realize like the extent of it. So, I mean, that's, that's stuff that I learned being in the industry and, and, you know, it's not going to stop me from enjoying the industry. It's, it's not enough to, I would like to see it change.
0: I think the easiest way to get it to change is to like, you know, start ha- holding contests, send people to like Belgium or France or Germany, yeah. show them what it's like. Oh, like, Oh, it's a oh, nice I mean, day. People are outside having a beer. You can just like, walk out with your pint.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. You can, so, wait, I can
0: just buy this beer in a corner store it, it, and crack it on the sidewalk.
1: Right. Well, and and I guess we're we'll suffer the consequences of that because I guarantee you, and I've done it many times in Belgium, people just walk away with a glass and so all of a sudden you're you have to buy more glasses. <laughs> but yeah. you know what? It's a small price to pay for yeah. for um having a, a more kind of a, like a welcoming culture. If we're gonna be a beer destination but you can get thrown in the clink for having a beer on the sidewalk like those two things d- don't really work well together you know anyways well, that's 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 my opinion <laughs> thank you for
0: sharing your opinion yeah. i uh, thanks for coming well thanks for having me i was, really appreciate uh,
1: it, was, it it was fun well, i appreciate it
0: i should mention that mark was gracious enough to bring by some beer to sample for that interview so thanks again for that mark it was very appreciated Although I haven't been making a habit of providing COVID updates, I want to say that Two Crows was on the absolute forefront of starting beer delivery way back when COVID started. In addition to being impressed by the beer, I was also impressed by how dynamic they were able to be as a business. After having done this interview, I had a far greater appreciation for what exactly it takes to be able to do that. Next time, I get to interview a person whose job I've been interested in for a long time now, It's arguably one of society's most important roles. They work in a multidisciplinary field, and they work with one of the most diverse groups of stakeholders that I can think of. I talked to Joni Sanford, a high school teacher. If you're not curious about what the life of a teacher is like in modern times, well, I mean, you really should be. It's kind of important. Learn more next time on How To.